Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, first of all, before we get into the action tonight, a slightly frustrating one-all draw against 10 Men Sheffield Wednesday. I want to have a quick chat about our sponsors and Blue Collar Food. Well, they've been kind of slightly removed from Reading Football Club. Their contract will not be renewed. I'm sure lots of you listening have been enjoyed their street food. They won't be there next season and they won't be there on Saturday as well. I'm not sure about this decision myself. I don't think it's quite the right one from a local company and a Reading fan and just avid supporter of this dream and trying to make a better match day experience for us all going. If you feel the same way as me, uh, have a look at our petition, which is pinned on our Twitter, Facebook, and you'll be able to find it on our Instagram too. So if you want to give them some support, if you enjoy blue collar food, go and check it out. Thank you for listening to that. And now into the action tonight then. Well, I've been joined by Matt Williamson. Hi, Matt. Hi. And I've also been joined by Eric. Hi, Eric. Good evening, Paul. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Frustrated, definitely. I'm sure you are as well, Matt. But we are fourth in the league. Just putting a bit of context into this, lifting the mood slightly. But we only got a point against the 10-man Sheffield Wednesday, who had that 10 men for 65 minutes, probably, overall. What's your overall feeling after that match, Matt? Yeah, it's one of uh, frustration. Obviously, when you have the man advantage for so long, it's um, you've got you to gotta make it pay. But uh, that wasn't something we were able to do. The referee did have a hand in that, but the Reading players probably do as well. Um, in the second half, we didn't really create many clear-cut chances, um, but we really needed to get probably both goals before half-time so that um, they couldn't regroup. Yeah, totally. Um, kind of... Just a bit frustrating, isn't it, after the match? I mean, it was not a terrible performance. I think we set some foundations there, which will help us. But if you don't beat 10 men, it, it does feels a little bit like a loss, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I saw quite a bit of criticism of uh, Paunovic on, on Twitter after the game. And I was actually watching Sky at the same time. And they went through all the highlights and all the chances that we had. We, we actually created a fair few decent chances and then you also think that the referee's got to get you know basic decisions correct but I'm sure we'll get on to the referee in more detail but I I don't think it feels quite as bad as a as a defeat Um, at the start of the season certainly you would have taken a point away at Sheffield Wednesday in context looking at where they are and where we are uh, looking at the first few minutes before the sending off you'd actually say that you'd want us to go on and win we didn't but um, we move on to Saturday yeah it's not disaster. Come on, let's try and lift the mood for a little bit. How much do you think, Matt, that actually Yaku Meite missing out tonight and kind of has an influence on the end of the result? Because I think his goal threat would have been huge. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing Yaku Meite does is score goals. Um, he, like, I imagine if he was still fit, we would have had an unchanged side, which is another positive. And at least playing properly behind the striker, which he sort of half did tonight. He half drifted out wide where he's not quite as instrumental. Yeah, I totally agree on that. This call about Michael Lee's playing central. It just makes such a difference, doesn't it? I mean, Samedo did okay tonight, Eric, but you give me a lease in that central position anytime. Yeah, I think I think you've got to 
remember that Semedo is playing slightly out of position. I know he's capable, but his natural position is more of a central midfielder. That's why everyone tells us that's where he played last season when he was on loan at, at Forest. Um, so although he's a he's a decent player, fairly okay contribution-wise, if you're playing him behind the striker, you're not going to get the same amount of production that you would out of Elise or a Swift if he was fit, for example, or even a Jario if he was playing centrally. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sheffield Wednesday have had two shots on target in uh, four matches under Tony Poulos. Unfortunately, they scored very early on, Matt, didn't they? And kind of, do you think that was a sloppy goal or do you think it was more a really top-end level kind of cross? I think, it, as with everything, it's a mixture of both. Um, the cross really was quite good and the header back across um, Raphael, he couldn't have done anything to stop it, I don't think. Um, Holmes initially was quite high, which meant that he had trouble getting back. But in the end, he did get back and the cross still beat him. So, um, yeah, it, it, in many ways, if we had scored that goal, I would have been very happy with it. It was a classic counter-attacking goal and it's the kind of goal that we have been scoring. But um, unfortunately, this time it's against us. Yeah, that's not quite so pleasurable, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> not quite. No. But it kind of like summed up the evening for us today in many ways, didn't it, Eric? The fact that it goes through Liam Moore's legs because we needed a little bit of luck there. Yeah, you'd think so. But, you know, we, we were dominant um, even before the sending off, right? It was... It was almost like an away performance from the home team. It was, you know, classic Pulis ball. Make make us difficult to beat, sit back, um, you know, de- delay the game slightly when you can, you know, long throws. I thought Rory the lap was back for a second in the in the second half from Patterson. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, obviously frustrating. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good goal. A really good cross by Reach. I, you know, if, if one of our players put that cross in, you'd, you'd be talking about it on the podcast tonight saying that was a brilliant cross. Yeah, totally. I can't disagree with that. That was a quality cross. And you can see why sometimes he's being talked about with a move to the Premier League. But it's a kind of, we didn't lose kind of shape or get panicked by that. And more importantly, we didn't do something that we've done repeatedly in the last few months is concede a quick second goal. So we were always in the game. Kind of, did you feel that goal was coming before the red card there, Matt? Or were you a little bit concerned? Um, yeah, I think after their goal, we did weather the smallest of storms. Um, yeah. And then there was a kind of period of play where everything just kind of meandered towards a very similar Reading performance to what we had seen last season, season, well, just for many seasons up till now, where it's kind of passing between the back four and not much happening. Um, there were a couple of bright moments, but I think the sending off um, definitely changed the game in the sense that our best chances came post-red card and pre-half-time. Um, there seemed to just be a bit more space. Ajaria seemed to be just dominant against that um, right side. And um, Ajaria and Richards were linking in a way that I haven't really seen them do, and they stopped doing in the second half. So that was where a lot of our um, decent attacking chances came from Richards. Oh, well overcutting, undercutting, wherever, just those two linking up and one of them managing to get a cross or a shot or something. 
Yeah, Omar Richards is a quality player. Um, I think for this season, he's probably player of the season, Matt. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's by far our best player so far. Well, maybe other than Jao, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, I think just on play, obviously Lucas Jao's getting a bit it, but I think Omar Richards has developed so much this season, Eric, hasn't he? Yeah, it was it was weird last season. I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before. At the back end of last season, we had. Blackett, we had Abita and we had Richards and there wasn't much between them. And I think we we all kind of agreed that Blackett was probably our our strongest options. I mean, Richards seemed to have a, a few mistakes in him, you know, every now and then, that type of thing. But he it's like he's transformed in the in the summer. I, I tweeted earlier and asked when when did Omar Richards become Ashley Cole? You know, he's looking like one of the best fullbacks in the championship the way he's playing. Um and and that compared to last season, that's a big step up. So definitely most improved, definitely one of the best players of the season. And I mean, I've never seen a more obvious penalty than than that one on Richards tonight. I, I just can't even fathom how the referee didn't give it. Unbelievable. No, it's quite incredible, isn't it? But the red card that Sheffield Wednesday got in the first half. When Tony Pulis says it's a red card, you know it. It definitely is a red card. But Matt, what did you think of it? Yeah, I think it's, um, in, in, as the Sky commentator said, in today's game, it's a red card. The guy's kind of missed the ball and taken out Richards. In that sense, it's a bit different to the ones we saw on Saturday that weren't given. The Taylor Moore um, tackle on Saturday, that's a red card, regardless of whether he gets the ball or not, because it's just a dangerous challenge. I think tonight, he didn't get the ball and him clattering into Richards is what makes it a red card rather than the challenge itself. Yeah, no, it was uh, kind of like, for me, when I saw it straight away, the amount of time the referee took to make a decision, you knew he was giving himself time to think about it. And you could sense from the Sheffield Wednesday players, can you, Eric, that they knew something bad was coming here. Yeah, he gave himself some time, didn't he? And yeah. uh, it was one of the few decisions tonight he actually managed to get right, I think, just about. So from that point of view, you you thinking, actually, well done, referee. You gave yourself a bit of time. You thought about it logically. It was reckless. It was a red card. When Tony Pulis admits it's a red card, like you said, Paul, then then you you know it's pretty solid. And uh, and yeah, right decision. And uh, it's just a shame that uh, we couldn't quite capitalise. No, totally. Um, kind of. We then had chances from Samedo, a fantastic save. Then the one for Richards, which was you've got to say, Sheffield Wednesday. Some of their last ditch defending tonight was sickening. It was really quite quite annoyingly good, wasn't it? But talk us through those two chances, Matt. Yeah, I have no idea how he manages to turn that over the bar um, reach uh, from Richards. It's unbelievable. Nine times out of ten, he tries clearing it and it still goes in. Or Holmes gets a deflection or something. Um, yeah, and then uh, Semedo's chance, it was... It was really the one moment that Semedo had in the game, other than shooting wide from about 30 yards. Um, he just managed to be in the right place at the right time, which is what he is quite good at doing. He's quite good at making those runs and either dragging someone out of position with him or or finding that bit of space. Like we've seen in the last couple of games, he's had headers like that. Um, he just needs to get a bit better at burying them. And then we've got a player that can legitimately play in that 10. Yes, I, I think you're right. I think he totally, he gets in that final position. We also saw in the Stoke match, didn't we? In the first few minutes, if he scores then, maybe we see a different game. But I won't take us back to that one because that's just the dark place. But it's kind of, I think that the goal was definitely coming. We saw it. 
But Tony Pulis wasn't happy with the free kick, Eric. Do you think that was a free kick? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not sure how it, how it can't be. I know even if, you know, Richards slows down a little bit and, and the defender clatters into him, you know, it's not Richards' responsibility to jump out of the way, is it? So he gets brought down. And yeah, I mean, if it's in the penalty area, is a pen given? Possibly not. But I, I think it's just about a foul, isn't it? I mean, you can you can argue it either way. But um, if it if it was given against us, would I be that upset? I don't actually think so. I think I'd probably say, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and I'm really biased. <laughs> yeah. It's the one that Chris Gunter has managed to do for many years is get that contact and fall over. It's a real skill. But the delivery from Ijari, Matt, was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pinpoint. I thought initially that the goalkeeper probably should have been covering it off, but I think it's actually just too far out of his reach for him to come get it. And it's in the perfect position for Jao to head home. I mean, that one he really couldn't miss. No, totally. I mean, you've got to look at some of the defending there from uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Matt. I mean, he's been turned completely, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Patterson v Jao is a very fair matchup in many ways. I don't think there's many people who's very fair against Jao in the championship in those kind of scenarios. He's kind of, I don't know what it is. He's just got in that incredible run of goal scoring. I mean, yet again tonight, Eric, I thought he takes his goal brilliantly, but was he involved that much in the actual match? It was a kind of a strange one. Yeah, it was a, it was a different kind of game to the Bristol City one where we'd... We'd, we'd play the ball up to Jarrell sort of on the halfway line or a little bit into Bristol City's half. I mean, tonight they sat right back. Uh, I remember one time even a, a goal kick from us and they had everyone in their own half already. You know, it was uh, defending from the halfway line. And, and because of that, Jarrell, you know, he he's... I'm pretty sure Paunovic wants him to, to stay in the box as much as possible. He did keep dropping deep because he does. He goes looking for the ball. Um, but yeah, probably not as involved as, as he has been in other games. But then... You know, you'd expect the other players to give him the kind of service in into the box. And there's a few, you know, neat little touches here and there and stuff like that. So I don't think you can have any complaints, really. It was just, um, yeah, solid defending. There was a lot of, lot of bodies back. If we'd have managed to snatch that second goal just before half-time, Matt, as you were saying before we started recording, it could have changed the whole match, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's when we had our best chances. Um, I think once... Um, Pulis gets the team in at half-time, he's always going to tighten it up at the back. And you just saw them come out and they didn't move out of shape for the rest of the game, pretty much. They have um, Harris up front chasing lost causes for the next 45 minutes. But other than that, absolutely no one is venturing forward. And also the ability to make those three changes at half-time and still have two in hand, yeah. If if that rule hadn't come in this week, I, I think we would have won the game because I don't think he tries to do that. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking that at the time, actually. The five substitution kind of slightly negates the red card, doesn't it? It's a kind of unfair balance. You could say that counter that if you're listening to this, saying we could have brought on players. But I don't know. You don't quite have as much vantage, Eric. No, and, and yeah, we could have brought players on. But I think the ones we did bring on, like did did Baldock contribute more than than Elise? Oh, I don't think so. So you've also got to have the players to to bring them on, and it's going to favour the sides with the bigger squads, the ones that came down from the Prem potentially. You know those types of teams. 
No, totally. Now is the time to get on to the second half and the referee dominates, basically. <laughs> it's a kind of a referee fest. Now, sometimes when you watch these penalty appeals live, you think, I'm not quite sure. But when you see the replay, you think, what, what has he done there? And we started off with one in the second half, map with Omar Richards. Can you explain to me how the referee has not given a penalty there? Well, this is one that in real time I did think might have been soft. Like, Richards puts his arm across and that's what the player grabs onto, but the player definitely does grab hold. And then in the replays, you see him clearly make contact with his leg as well, which sends him sprawling. I mean, it's a definite penalty. All the Sky Pundits are saying it, the commentators, uh, both managers. Are, it's unbelievable that one of the officials hasn't spotted it. Yeah, and even Tony Pulis has uh, said after the match, he, ex- he expected at least two of the penalties to be given tonight. He wouldn't have been surprised. Um, I think we should just go through the penalties decisions. There was also Bulldog as well. That's another penalty. You mean maybe if it's given against you, you say it's soft, but it's a penalty, Eric, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, Joby McEnough on, on Sky wasn't quite sure. He said it would have been a little bit softer, um, the reality is he kicks the back of his legs, uh, or the back of his leg, rather. And uh, I think he doesn't help himself by the way he falls. He, he, it looks like he falls kind of unnaturally and, and on purpose. But then if he stays up, is he going to be giving it? You know, probably not either. So you can't really win in that situation. And, you know, there's been a few um, contentious VAR penalties like this in the Premier League where someone's kicked the back of uh, someone's leg. I think it was Salah that went down and... And, and stuff like that. So, um, and I think most pundits agree by the letter of the law, you know, he has kicked him in the back of the leg. So, should be a penalty. Um, it's probably the, if you were to rank the four penalty shouts that we had, the four obvious, it's probably number three, isn't it? The, the other two are a bit more obvious, but I'd still say three out of the four um, should, should have been penalties. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, if you've seen the Brighton match, there's one that they won right at the end of the match against Liverpool recently. And it's very similar to that. It's not a terrible foul, but it's a penalty. But let's move on to the one I think is the most blatant of them all. And that is the Josh Lawrence shot. Reach, I think, puts his hand kind of just so it would stop the ball, but not in an obvious movement. And you think, how has he not seen that one, Matt? I mean, all the players react straight away. Yeah, it's it's another stonewall penalty. Um, it's not close enough that that comes into the equation. It's stopping a shot on target, if not a goal. Um, it's another. I think in defence of the referee, or well, maybe not the referee, but the assistant referee is on the wrong side of him. Yeah, that... so I think that reach blocks his view. But I and I can't remember where the referee is, but I'm pretty sure he's on the right side. So again, it's one where you have three officials, one of them has to spot it. That's that's what they're there for. Yeah. Um, there is another one later on as well. And I I don't think this one is a penalty. The kind of semi-push on Josh Lauren. I think he's gone looking for that one, to be honest, Eric. Yeah, I mean, he, he was interviewed on Sky after the game and he said that he, he he's rolled the player and he's looking to go through and, and shoot and score. Um, the, the the thing that goes against him is that he did have grab of his shirt. So I think that's what the ref spotted. So on, on the balance of things, if that's given against you, you're pretty disappointed because Laurent is grabbing the, the defender's shirt. But he does get brought down. He's trying to go through and score. And um, yeah, it, it's, 
it, it just, I think because of the other three, the fourth one, you just sort of sat here in disbelief thinking we're never going to get one. Um, uh, and yeah, three out of the four for sure. That fourth one is, um, yeah, can't complain too much. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think that we should say, though, is that we didn't have enough shots in that second half, did we, Matt? They were on target, bothering the keeper. No, and the keeper did seem dodgy as well. I, I I don't remember him making a save at the first attempt. He always seemed to be palming it this way and that. I think the main problem that Reading had was that they just didn't drag Sheffield Wednesday out of their shape enough. Um, when they did, it, that was when then the penalty calls came into it. Like Richards found that bit of space in the box and was brought down. Um, but on the whole... Uh, we were just passing it in front of them or into the centre. There wasn't enough uh, spreading it wide and actually pulling Sheffield Wednesday to and fro. What did we think of the substitution then, Matt, of bringing on Elise, taking off Elise, sorry, and bringing on Sam Bulldog? Because for me, the only reason you would do that is fatigue. And OK, I can understand that if that's what they believe. But honestly, we needed Elise on the pitch tonight, didn't we? Yeah, and Elise has just had a run of games where he's not been in the starting eleven, so it's a bit of a surprising one. I think that the introduction of Bulldog, I kind of understand. He's someone that makes those runs um, across when the ball's coming across the face of the goal. Um, there was a couple of chances that we had where nobody made that run, and I think maybe Bulldog would have made that run. But the obvious substitution to me was to take off Semedo and bring on Bulldog rather than... Um, Elise making way, who is our main creator by any metric. Yeah, totally. Um, what did you think of it, uh, Eric? Yeah, I, I can't really say anything else to, to add to that. You, you know, Elise, although um, he was playing out on the wide quite a bit tonight and not as effective out wide, he still he still created lots, right? He had the free kick that hit the post. Um, he was on set pieces, some some decent deliveries. He had another free kick, free kick that went just over the bar and then you look at Bulldog again, you'd say that, yeah, they were playing very deep, so it's hard for him to to, to find the space. But it, that's why you kind of want at least there as an attacking midfielder that can find the pockets just in front of the defenders, potentially. Um, on the other hand, you know, he, he's, Panovic has tried to go for it, hasn't he? Two up front um, against 10 men. But, uh, yeah, obviously didn't work, so it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Panovic has got much wrong there tonight, really. Obviously, we could say that substitution, but... Did the team play poorly? I don't think so. Is there hope for going forward, Matt? I think there is. I mean, if Morrison scores that header from the corner right to the end, it's not easy. If we get a rebound and Luco gets to it quicker, we're not worried about that. I think it still should be a positive evening looking going forward. Yeah, I think Sky's kind of storyline for us is that we've been losing games but playing better. And um, they've mentioned it almost every time we've been on TV. And again, that is what's happened tonight. We've been by far the better team. We just haven't had that slice of luck that we were having in the first few games. Um, hopefully, on TV again, I'm hoping that we actually managed to win one of these. Um, obviously, we, we've won one, but it'd be nice to string together some results. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's so annoying that our downturn in form coincides when we're not all having to pay for iFollow. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No, that is typical, isn't it? That kind of 2020, isn't it? It's always the way it rolls, isn't it? But I kind of like, how do you feel about the manager at the moment and the way we're moving? I mean, it's got to be positive, hasn't it? Eric? 
Oh, sorry, I was waiting for that then. Uh, the manager, yeah, I mean, you you can't have any complaints, really. Uh, Matt said before, uh, you know, at the start that we were expecting to potentially struggle. I was the same at the start of the season. He came in, you know, quite close to the start of the season too. There was that um, weird trip we had to do in order to go and meet him. Um, didn't really have much time to to impose his ideas. Um, he, he's had the time now. And, you know, the, the, the run at the start of the season was amazing, but... We've actually shown that we 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 lost those games in a row and we came back with a really strong performance on Saturday. Could have easily won tonight. So we're a point off top. I mean, the, you can't really have too many complaints. The the big question will be, can we sustain it across the whole season? Like which which Reading team is going to turn up? Uh, but then you've also got to remember, we've got you know, players like Swift to, to, to come back after Christmas as well. So... Um, who knows? Who knows what could happen if we if we hang on in there? Then you know we we've had some crazy seasons in the past where the second half of the season we go on these runs like the the last promotion season for example. So if we if we start the new year from a better position, then who knows what could happen? Yeah, talking about maintaining it for the season, it slightly worries me our depth though. We just don't really yeah. have quality coming off the bench, do we, Matt? It's a bit of a it's a major concern going forward. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There, are, As Eric says, there are a few players to come back. Um, with Yaku Mate in the squad, that makes us look better. Uh, John Swift, it will be difficult to fit him back in, but he obviously improves us. I was a bit surprised to not see someone like Melvin Lambert, who got a run out in, the, um, in one of the early Carabao Cup games um, on the bench, just as almost exactly what we ended up needing, just someone to throw on at the end that could um, use his presence, try and get on the end of headers. Um, and instead, we had like four defenders, five defenders, almost like the the, the ratio on the bench is a bit peculiar. But um, hopefully the owners will shell out some more money in January and it won't be as much of a problem. The good old owners, eh? Get the fans back in the pocket again. Our billionaire owners. We've got Nottingham Forest on Saturday, Eric. How do you think that one's going to go? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all well set up for a, a Tyler Blackett hat-trick, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Former players and all no, that. No, but they're, 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 they're on a poor run and uh, it's a home game. The one thing you'd say is we, we've not got a lot of time to recover from tonight. But again, we did play against 10 men and had a lot of the ball. So that's a... That's a positive, at least. And yeah, the way we're playing, recent form. Bristol City were a, a good side coming to to face us, and we we dominated. And so yeah, you you hope for you hope for three points. What are you thinking, Matt? They've not won in four. Drew Neil at home with uh, Nottingham Forest with Watford, and kind of yeah, it's a game we really must be winning. Do you think? Yeah, and hopefully with the fans back, that will give us an extra bit of a boost. Um, both Laurent and um, Paunovic were saying after the game tonight how much they were looking forward to that. So it's a, it, it should bring the feel-good factor back, even if there's only, you know, 2,000 people there. Mighty 2,000. If you're going, I don't know if you're allowed to actually shout or make any chanting. I was watching a game tonight and there was definitely some noise in some matches, but it sounded so strange listening, because I was listening, watching, sorry, the Watford uh, looting match against Norwich, and it was really weird. I was like, it was almost being inputted in. It sounded almost fake. But Eric, it's going to make a difference, isn't it? Hopefully they will see a win that possibly will send us top of the league. Yeah, amazing to have fans back. Um, 
I think it's been a long time coming. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. So for those going, amazing. Um, hopefully everything is safe and it all goes smoothly and all that kind of good stuff. But I'm sure, I know um, Paunovic and Josh Laurent said uh, in interviews after the game that they're really looking forward to because they haven't met any fans yet or seen any fans. So from that point of view as well, really good. And yeah, it would be the perfect uh, perfect weekend if we can give them three points on the telly in front of some fans, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to miss this opportunity for a COVID-related joke. Hopefully, Nottingham Forest uh, socially distanced from our strikers. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> avoid it. I just caught it in my head, and I thought I had to get it out. Wow, I've just seen that Panovic has said he will dress up for the first time in a suit and tie. Well, you're going to be lucky people saying that on Saturday, aren't you? So, thanks a lot for listening. We will be back with the preview show. On Friday, lunchtime, it will come out and we'll be back on uh, full time after the match against Nottingham Forest when hopefully we are talking about another win. So cheers. <laughs>